Oh, hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 22 of Infinite Quest. It's me, Eric Good. Before we begin, this episode requires a bit of explanation. You're going to hear us talk a little bit at the beginning about how this is Episode 18. Well, that's because at the beginning of Episode 18, our Q&A episode, we got super off track because we are pro-ADHDers and ended up having a pretty interesting conversation about systems and routines and how they work and how they're sustainable and how some of them aren't sustainable. It's a good time. Just a quick reminder before we begin. If you would like to help support Katie and Mai's mission of mental health advocacy and education, you can become a member of our Patreon at patreon.com slash infinitequest, where you'll have access to some exclusive content and overall just our undying love and affection. And please do consider sharing the show if you like it. Without further ado, here's Infinite Quest. Transition. Hello and welcome to Infinite Quest, episode 18. Katie, our podcast is an adult now. It's an adult person podcast. It, it is an adult person. But Podcasts I mean, are it's people. slowly morphing into an adult person podcast anyway, because we keep being like, let's talk about sex. Um, so it, it's the, the logic there makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's me. an adult podcast starting it's, on. But it's, but it's not, though. It's, it's an all ages podcast because we, we, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what what ages are pod, like. I, I don't want like seven year olds listening to our podcast. That'd be weird. That would be kind of weird. Our key demographic Kudos to any is... seven year old with the patience to listen to podcasts, though. <laughs> I know, do you right? think seven-year-olds listen to po- i don't know anything about children children i don't know do you think me. there are any babies that listen to podcasts like in the womb and they come out speaking like terry gross or something probably i mean you know like you like like pregnant ladies like put like headphones on their on their on yeah, their tummies and they listen like listen to like beethoven Mozart. and shit Mozart. Mozart for <laughs> the, like for beethoven the, it's exactly like beethoven and yes. debussy Claude I'm really, Debussy. I'm really a, a, a big fan of Wagner. So me too. So this episode, we got a really good response. Uh, we're going to, uh, we so decided we that this episode is just us riffing <laughs> oh, on Jesus. classical composer names. Um, because really like the, the, um, chick, chick, I can't do, I was going to try and do a Tchaikovsky joke, but then I realized that I only know how to pronounce it correctly. And I didn't want to try and mess. I don't know how to pronounce it incorrectly. That was awful. I'm sorry. What are we doing? I want you to really think about what you just did, Katie. That was, that was bad. I am thinking about it. And I'm just like, I know that this is going to go on the podcast. So a couple of weeks ago, we did a Q and a that, um, uh, we got really good responses about. Um, apparently, you all really liked it, and that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for all your 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 uh, your nice words questions. and whatnot, Qu- questions and stuff. Yeah, um, and the people have demanded more, Eric. The people, have, uh, the people have sent us their questions. We got so many good questions. We did, and we, it feels we bad. So we have to questions. like we have to just pick a couple of them and do them. But so if you don't hear your question on this episode, stick around. We might have it on the next Q and A. Um, because we can only do a couple because we because we, we spend 45 minutes of the episode riffing about riffing at the beginning. De- yeah. Debussy. Debussy. Gary Debussy. Gary Debussy. <laughs> How have I never thought of that? That's so funny. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Katie, Katie, dial it in. Dial it in. Come on. I'm sorry. Dial it in. I've, I forgot to drink to take my meds today and might have it. Oh, I just took mine recently. I, they probably haven't kicked in fully yet. I just, Uh, this is like the second podcast in a row where I've like straight up just been like, no, good morning. And then I haven't taken my meds and and I feel like I need to be better about it. You probably do. Katie, do you have a little pill organizer? I do have a pill organizer and I like, I have set myself your little pill organizer. Katie. Like I, like I want you, this is a real thing. This is how this is. We can talk about this first. This is interesting. I've set myself up for success so hard. And yet 
it's it's still so hard, which is so annoying because it's like I've done everything right. Like I've put the the little organizer and I keep it in the spot and I put a little glass of water. So I don't even have to look for water. I can just like be like gulp and then I'm good. Mise en place. And then every morning something stupid happens. Like that's like this morning I missed my first alarm. And so I woke up in a panic thinking that I was late to podcast recording. I was in fact not. Um, But then I got new pans for the kitchen and they showed up and then I was excited and distracted. And so I was unpacking pots and pans in the morning. And then I realized that in my excitement of unpacking pots and pans, because apparently I'm a very boring adult now, uh, I had just completely forgotten to do any part of my morning routine. So actually. I don't I don't think I've peed yet today. (laughs) Katie, do you need to take a second? Go go to the bathroom, Katie. Katie, go to the bathroom. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Are you sure? I'm trusting you. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to pee right now. I'm well, I sure. think this. I can't, this... I can't remember if I peed or not. I really don't remember. It's fine. Anyway, if I have to pee, I'll tell you. I trust you. <laughs> Thanks. It's well, like gosh, that that wasn't one of our questions, but now I'm. I just. I was just thinking. A big pr- tr- problem that I have with routines, and I think a lot of people with ADHD have a problem that a lot of people with ADHD have about with their routines is that. They inevitably they have to be modular at some point because there is no like regular morning. There's never like just like a default stock, like standard issue morning. There's always something. There's always something that is a little different. And that to- for me, that totally throws off my routine. Like if I wake up and I do have my water and my pills laid out, but it's like particularly cold that day, you know, <laughs> it's like a little thing. And so when I roll over, like my blanket reveals my shoulder. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I couldn't possibly take my meds with a cold shoulder. I think I'll give them the cold shoulder. <laughs> and like, but ser- like that is that has actually happened, by the way. True story. And so I'm like, you know, oh, like, I guess I'll, I'll not reach the, the five feet away to get them because it's cold this morning. And that'll throw me to all the way off. I should wear pajamas is the, the, the obvious solution to that problem. But yes. so anyways, perhaps on a later Q&A, I think how to how to make your routines uh, modular enough to to like adapt to, to pull audibles to, to weird situations. Yeah, it's weird because like like I know this, I know we just said this isn't a question, but I'm interested and I want to talk about it. Like my especially like before the pandemic, like my job was so variable that like I think I just got used to that modular structure because like sometimes I was sitting in my office and I was negotiating contracts. Sometimes I was, you know, like literally traveling to different Renaissance festivals and like recruiting. Sometimes I was like directing the street. Like there was like my job was so different from hour to hour dated. Like there was no structure to it. It was just like show up and like whatever happens, happens and whatever you get done, you get done. And so like I think I learned to navigate in that structure. And then during the pandemic, that struck that structure went away, that like unpredictable structure went away. But but there was still a structure within it. And now, like, my structure has completely changed to almost be more the same because it's like I wake up, I make an educational TikTok, I talk to you, we work on the podcast. And so I have more of like a regular thing. So now smaller interruptions feel like a bigger deal because I'm my brain is getting used to that schedule. Huh. Do you think does it make it harder or easier that there isn't an external thing? causing you to maintain a structure definitely harder because like i just i have to i have to rely on myself 
And like, I think that is, that's, it started helping a little bit, but stuff like meds is harder. Stuff like remembering to brush my teeth is now harder because before, like I would have, like I kept a toothbrush at my office and like, you know, if I forgot to brush my teeth in the morning or whatever, (laughs) I might like remember it like 3 PM, but it's because I was in the middle of sampling. Like literally this is the thing that happened. We were like sampling mead and turkey legs in the office. Like that was just a thing that we would do. How do do you land that Um, gig? Listen, my first day of work at the Renaissance Festival, my boss rolled into my office with a tray of five turkey legs and was like, try these and tell me which one we like you like. And it was like 930 (laughs) in the morning. And that was the first thing that I did at my new job. And I was like, this is the weirdest fucking job I've ever had. Fucking miss that job so much. Um, But anyway, um, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, so having now this this structure that I've sort of fallen into completely by accident, it's like make a TikTok, do a live, call you. We work on the podcast. I make another, t- you know. Now, since that structure exists, it's it feels so different to have like a box of pots and pans show up because before it'd be like, oh, yeah, a box of pots and like, oh, OK. And they're like, I'm going to go do this thing and this thing. And I've got 47 things on my to do list. But now that becomes. Earth shattering, whereas before my brain just went, oh, yeah, it's another thing. And it's it's weird. It's weird how that reversal has like profoundly affected those like strategies and methodologies that I had built pre pandemic. Yeah, I think for me, and it seems like this might be analogous to you to to what you're describing. If I have an external thing like a job where like I'm on the payroll and I have to be somewhere to perform certain stuff, my ADHD is like afraid of that almost. Yeah. And it's not like it goes away. but. If I, let's say I wake up and I have an hour before I have to leave for the bus to get to work. My ADHD, it still is there. It's still, I still feel the urge to go, oh, but I got a package. I got to open that package. Oh, but I like, oh, I I told my roommate I would do that, you know, the dishes. I got to do that. So it still is up there. But for some reason, it's easier for me to, because I have this hard line to be like, Eric, no. You can open that package when you get home. You need to do this. There's like an adrenaline to it almost that yeah. I have to leave the, 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 the house at a certain time. It, it makes me think of like, um, so another, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, well, so, so it makes me think about the, what, what neuro, neuropinephrine does for focus. So like if dopamine is sort of a reward based focus thing um, where if you have a low amount of dopamine, you're, you're craving something to happen, you know, to, to raise it back to normal. And as you, as, as you start the new thing, your brain goes, Oh, you started a thing. Cool. That's great. Um, and it thus sort of keeps you motivated in that way. Neuropinephrine, Mm -hmm. very loosely speaking, uh, neuropinephrine does different things depending on where your body it's secreted. It's fascinating. It operates as an, uh, a neurotransmitter and, uh, uh, an endorphin, which is pretty cool. Um, or a hormone, excuse me. Um, but anyways, uh, it acts in sort of a fight or flight focus mode where like if you're doing something and then suddenly you're in danger, your brain goes, oh, whatever I'm doing, don't care. I'm focusing on this new thing. And so this is I'm not saying that this is true, but it makes me think about the fact that the focus that I feel when there is an absolute imperative, when I have to leave for work or else I am in big trouble. It's a fundamentally different kind of focus than I feel like when I'm hyper focused on building a model or something like that. It's not like a reward-based focus. It's like an avoidance of a consequence, almost. And I feel like having an external structure sort of stimulates me in that way. And then when my structure is all on my own, it's like if I'm not, nobody's going to punish me if I don't 
do the thing. I'm just not like I, it, it has to hopefully be yeah, rewarding, it, I suppose. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's the, it's a question of accountability. There's external accountability and internal accountability. Like if I don't get out of bed and make a TikTok, I'm not getting fired. I'm right. just like, I just haven't done my job, my job for the morning, <laughs> but nobody on TikTok knows except for me. Whereas like, if I don't show up to work until 1130 because I was unboxing pots and pans in my kitchen, like my boss is going to know and notice that. And so that like, yeah, I think I just said the same exact thing as you. You're welcome. <laughs> did you agree with me, Katie? My gosh, I did. I well, did. How- I find- this is it. It's a historic moment. I've never, ever agreed. with you before. <laughs> Somebody write it down. Well, so this is me actually asking you, like okay. actually me, Eric, asking you, Katie, because I want to know. Okay. How would do you no, have I'm any? Nervous. St- oh, Katie, you better be nervous. You're in the hot seat. <laughs> you and you and baby Yoda there are in the hot seat. Hi, welcome to our new segment called the hot seat with Katie and Eric. <laughs> But how, like, how genuinely, how do you do it? Like, do you have strategies in place? Like, I know you have certain criteria that you meet, like posting three times a day, making sure you do like an educational one and like, uh, but just how, how do you, what techniques do you use to get yourself to follow your own structure as much as you would follow a structure that has been externally put on you by say a job? God damn, that's a good question. And I don't know if I have a good answer. Um, and actually, I do have a good answer, but it's going to require a lot of like meandering. So just oh, please buckle in, baby. I got nowhere to be. Um, shut up, Brian. I refuse to move on. I'm going to talk <gasps> about this. Has Brian um, been vetoed? <laughs> oh Brian gosh. said that we were supposed to get to the Q&A like 10 minutes ago, but I've decided to, to veto Brian in this. I exercise my executive right to veto. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Um, wow. Know, Katie, I'm, we're going to we're I'm, destroying the, the hierarchy of this show. That's dangerous. It's, it's a slippery listen, slope. You, I only get I only get one of those a season. So I just I just use my executive veto. For cool. the season, and yet, it's so. a it's a, a 60 member majority in the House, too, or in the Senate. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, what are you doing here? Um, <laughs> it's the worst joke I've ever made. I know. <laughs> He's also not a senator. He was also like I don't know why he was like the first person that came to mind, but I just thought it would be funny. He's got a fun name. My door. And he He's like got a really fun name. In. Oh my god. Anyway, so um, what was the question again? <laughs> the question was how do you keep the question was Katie how do you keep yourself how do you hold yourself to your own standards basically right how okay. do you keep yes. yourself on a on a schedule that you yourself have set. I have an answer, but I don't know if it's going to be useful. Um, But my answer is that I wasn't diagnosed until I was 30. And before that, in the before time, when I didn't know what was going on with my brain and I didn't have the terminology and the understanding, what I did know was that my self-worth and my success and my failure was wrapped up on doing the thing. Um, particularly because my background is in performance and my background is in academia and the, the sinister and insidious combination of performance academia is awful because you have to do the work or the work doesn't happen. And so I think that a lot of my strategies and a lot of the ways that I cope and a lot of the ways that I deal with how do you internally and externally motivate yourself are very unhealthy. And Mm. I know that, like, I know that about myself. Um, But because those are the strategies that the systems that I built, 
those are the systems that I know how to navigate in. Um, and so that is why, like when I talk about systems and, and I educate about like building your own systems, I always try really hard to, to educate from a place of like, but make sure that they're healthy, make sure that they're a system that works for you. Um, because there's a difference between a system that works and a success and a system that is successful. Hmm. Um, and a system that works can be very psychologically damaging. A system that works can be exhausting and and awful and contribute negatively to your mental health. Whereas a successful system is one that solves the problem that you're having, but also doesn't, you know, tip the scale in the other direction. Um, and as I've been sort of like working on on unpacking that and like working through my own systems, I'm realizing how many of my systems are based on a system that works, not a successful system. Um, and that's not good. Um, and so the answer to the question is because I have placed much of my, much of my self-worth and my self-esteem in my success as a performer and an educator and an entertainer um because that's something that I care about deeply. And so in the morning when I wake up and I'm sad and I don't want to get out of bed, it's not necessarily a system that is based on the internal motivation of but you're going to feel good about yourself if you post a video. Because a lot of times I'll make a video and I'll go it's garbage and it's shit and I'm a terrible person and no one should ever look at my face cuz I'm horrible. But then I check back, you know, two hours later and 10,000 people have seen that video and people have commented like, oh my gosh, I never thought about this way. Or wow, like you really showed me something valuable and you taught me something valuable about myself. And so I'm not necessarily getting out of bed for myself. I'm getting out of bed for the people who need to hear about the connection between ADHD and eating disorders or ADHD and depression or whatever I happen to be talking about. Um, and so the structures that I'm building are very tenuous, um, and I'm trying to be careful because they're systems that are built around communicating information to help other people. And so I know that that's not the best thing, but it's like the thing that I have right now. And as Infinite Quest has become more stable and more viable and as people are sort of like supporting what we do and and seeing what we do and saying yes I see you I see what you're trying to do we believe in you we believe in in the podcast like all of that stuff that is what is starting to turn the tide for me like mm. that is what is starting to become the moment where I go oh I feel good about this because like now instead of like getting out of bed to make a TikTok I'm getting out of bed to do this thing with you and I take pride in it because like I'm seeing the value in our work and I'm seeing the value in my contribution to infinite quest, um, in a way that I think sometimes I, I can't see in other places. That was a very long winded answer and I'm very sorry. <coughs> oh, oh my gosh. Katie, it's a podcast. Your it's, it's, it's your job is to do long winded answers, and that was wonderful. I know, but like sometimes I just like I get like really wrapped up in an idea, and then I just like go off because I have ADHD, and I just start like ranting excitedly, and so I just I'm sorry <laughs> well, that I talk for so long. <laughs> also, qu a quick side note: if anybody has any uh, suggestions for how to get Katie to stop apologizing for existing, 
we are, uh, please email us at infinitequestpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> We've tried a sorry jar. Uh, that doesn't work. We just end up spending all of our money in the sorry jar. Uh, anyways, back to the topic. Um, I'm going to act. <clears throat> oh my God. Do you remember? Like, I feel like the problem with the sorry jar is that like when you started going to the bank to withdraw money in ones, because you know that by the end of the week, you're just going to have to have like put your entire paycheck in a jar for saying sorry. That's when you realize that it's more of a, like a, it's not like a cute problem anymore. It's like an actual problem, yeah. but I don't know how to fix it. I've, I worked so hard on it and I, I genuinely have no idea how to fix it. Oh yeah. I mean, I I'm serious. We're taking suggestions. I really mean it. We need help. <laughs> Uh, but I think uh, in terms of following systems, creating your own systems to follow them, um, I think what you talked about, uh, like a, or what you, what you called a system that works versus a system that is successful, I think the successful system inherently uh, is sustainable. I think there's an element of sustainability. Yeah. Um, for example, For example, if I'm hungry and I order like $70 worth of sushi, which is a terrible thing that I do occasionally, like that has successfully solved my hunger problem. I'm not hungry anymore, but that is not a sustainable way. I can't do that every time I'm hungry. It's not sustainable. And so a more sustainable would be going to the grocery store and buying groceries like a regular person and all that, which is still fascinating. I'm still wrapping my head around that concept. Um, but so, which is, so I think there are ways to get yourself to do something um, in a non-sustainable way. And I think what's, what's sort of interesting about what, we're, what we specifically are doing is that I find, a lot, I find it a lot easier to keep myself accountable because I feel accountable to the people who consume the things that I'm producing. And so rather than me just thinking, you know, oh, I have to do this for me, you know, I have to clean the, my kitchen for me, it's, you know, whatever, I'm thinking I'm doing this for these people because they get something out of it. They, they've claimed to get something out of it and I believe them. And so I think it's, it's sort of interesting that at the end of the day, it is still, in, I guess for me, it is still being accountable to other people, but it is, it is sustainable. It is. We're, we've built a community. Like that's what happened for me is like, I, I started TikToking for myself. I started like making, tick, like, you know, just like shit posting or whatever. But like, I really do feel like the infinite quest family has become a family and it's like and it's like i wake up in the morning and i'm excited to be like i learned this new thing or like let's record a podcast with this cool person or whatever because we are we're we're part of that community and and like that it means something to me you know yeah it's it's it, it's it's <laughs> i just said it's like five times that's okay i find it really hard to do things for myself I think. And so a lot of the times routine. That's why we're such good friends. I know. I never do anything for myself. You never do anything for you yourself, but between the two, but I will do anything for you. And I think you do quite a bit for me. And so by the way, obviously our powers combined. Katie bought me groceries this week. Yeah. Uh, because you fucking will refuse to take care of yourself. And if you're not going to take care of yourself, I will take care of you for you. So drink your LaCroix and shut up. <laughs> Oh, hello, you've made it to the middle of the episode. Congratulations. 
I thought I'd take this opportunity to announce a guest we're going to be having on that we're super excited about. Co-host of the Paranormal and True Crime podcast, and that's why we drink, M. Schulz has recently been diagnosed with ADHD, and they're coming on to talk about their diagnosis experience and uh, whatever else comes up. So look out for that episode. Also, for all you ADHD and D lovers, we have new merch available at our Redbubble shop. You can find it at redbubble.com slash infinitequest. We also have new Tony the Unicorn merch sent in by Mike Lee Productions. Thanks, Mike. Just a warning, it is explicit, of course. Anyways, back to the show. Transition. Hey everybody, it's me, Katie Osaurus, and we just wanted to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Honey Playbox. What is Honey Playbox, you might ask? Well, I'm going to give it to you straight. They sell sex toys. But here's the thing. Honey Playbox believes that pleasure, play, health, and accessibility are necessary for positive experiences of sexuality. And you know what? Here at Infinite Quest, we agree. Especially in conversation with how tough sex and sexy times can be when you're struggling with ADHD or depression or any sort of neurodivergency. Having open, honest conversations about sex and sexuality are really, really important to us. And our friends at Honey Playbox agree. And not only do our friends at Honey Playbox agree with that, uh, they also want you to save a little bit of money while you're having these conversations and exploring sexuality and what works and doesn't work for you. So they've hooked us up with a 20% off discount code. From now until the end of March, use code InfiniteQuest to get 20% off your order. That's like honestly not a bad deal, you guys. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Also, just because I think this is very funny, Honey Playbox was kind enough to send over just a ludicrous amount of stuff for me and Eric to look at and talk about. So in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see some content over on the YouTube. And we're also going to talk more just about sex toys and how they can help uh, your ADHD relationships. So we will uh, be posting that content soon. So you have that to look forward to. So again, use code InfiniteQuest if you want 20% off your order over at Honey Playbox and uh, have have fun. Oh, okay, bye. Our producer Brian is telling us that we have to move on to the Q&A. So. Well, <laughs> Katie, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I believe I still have one veto. You have spent your veto. I have Are a veto. I'm vetoing Brian. I'm vetoing Brian. I want to talk this about this. This is a double veto episode? This is a double veto. I know we're supposed to do a Q&A. Brian has never felt so unappreciated. Like, look at how droopy and sad his tentacles are right now. Brian just like, just like slumped <sighs> away. He feels very, I'm sorry, Brian. I, I love you. I heard him slither away all dejected. Just, I'm sorry, yeah, Brian. It's nothing personal. But like, I, I genuinely, one of the great mysteries of my life is that under certain circumstances, like my ADHD still exists. It always exists, but I can just, I'm like a pro at, at just doing the, the stuff like me being a professional cook. Like when I walk into my kitchen, like, you know, you walk in through the back door, uh, you walk in and everybody like is working and they look, they look up and they like nod at you and they're like, Hey, and you're like, Hey, and you like hang up your coat and you hang up your knife roll. And you wash your hands for like a half an hour. <laughs> and then, you know, now you put, you make sure your mask is nice and tight and all that stuff. You put on your apron and you go to your station and like, then my whole brain, like I just become an avatar of process where it's like, <laughs> I just suddenly become this like superhero where I'm like, okay, what do I need to do today? And I make one list and I dump everything that I have to do that day. Like I have to blanch this. I have to cut that. I have to mix dough. I have to shape dough. I have to do all this stuff. And then I'll make a second list that groups those tasks by location. 
that way I'm not physically moving because I have hyperactive ADHD. And if I let myself, I will run around the kitchen all day. And so I'll think, oh, all of that can be done on this station. And so rather than the same thing, do you really? I do. Well, because like the Renaissance Festival was 35 acres. Yeah. And there's seven different there's seven different stages and like four pubs or whatever. Plus like the office and the costume, like, you know, all the different like backstage stuff. And so, yeah, like when I was making like my to- my to do list for like every single day was usually like at least one piece of paper, if not two. But I would always divide it by location. So I wasn't like running back and forth. And I had like I mapped out the most efficient route to get around the <laughs> festival because there's like, you know, pass throughs and there's like little paths and stuff that you could get to. And so I figured out, like, if I have to go to every single stage, like what is the mo- like that blows my mind that you did the same thing. But like in the kit, like. That never like I, I that never occurred to me to do just in real life because like the festival is like the size of an actual town. And so it made sense to me. But like that makes so much goddamn sense. To, well, it to, came like, out clean of or, or like that's So like, how did I never think of that <laughs> until right now? Well, it came out of absolute necessity because so when I was so quick story time, we're still on the topic of how do we keep ourselves to our own systems? When, you know, just so that. But well, systems quick, that work versus successful systems, which yeah, I feel you, like I need a better, I, we need a better, like d- distinctive term. I think it's, I think it's sustainable later. systems versus like uh, a, a system that is like a sustainable system versus like a functional system. But I, yeah, I honestly I, think like that's that. what I called it in the TikTok that I did about this. I feel uh, like I said sustainable systems. So like, well, that's I'm good. thinking of I'm like, gonna, I'm thinking of like sugar versus like protein, like they both have a lot of calories in them. They will both cause your body to like to survive, but you can't just eat sugar every day. Says you challenge accepted, Eric. <laughs> so anyways, quick story time. So I, I used to work in the nicest restaurant I've ever been inside. It was like, like Ratatouille level, like insanely <laughs> nice restaurant. I was I not like qualified. French laundry. <laughs> well, it was in Napa. It was like a couple. We I shared a, a zip code with the French laundry. It was it was in Napa, ah, California. That's, yeah. Oh, this is like a fancy boy. Oh, yeah. I won't say the name of the restaurant, but we and I also don't want to give too much because I don't want people to be able to backtrack it. But like we had our <laughs> own farm. So like when we were chopping vegetables, it was vegetables that we grew on our farm. Like not that's me specifically, sexy. but. It was, oh, it was incredible. I mean, looking back, it was the nicest produce I've ever seen in my life. It was insane. <laughs> like every tomato was just like the most perfect tomato. It was nuts. Anyways, I was woefully unqualified for this job. Just woefully unqualified. I don't know. I got it through like a mixture of connections and white privilege. Like really, like r- really looking back, it's like, holy shit, that was a huge example of male white privilege that I like could just walk in and there and be confident and they would hire me. It's a whole thing. Anyways, so I had this job. And I am so far out of my depths, like so catastrophically far out of my depths that the only way that I could make it through a shift without getting screamed at by my chef, who was a screamer, um, was by organizing everything down to like the 30 second time interval, like it obsessively. And so I would uh, the day before I would write out the tasks for the next next day. And when I was at home, I drew a map of the kitchen. And so I would think, okay, so I have to make, you know, remoulade. I have to make uh, tartar sauce. I have to make hollandaise. I have to make dice this, do that. And I would draw a map of exactly the route that I was going to take around the kitchen and what I was going to grab at each location. 
Um, and so I had to develop systems like that just to not get screamed at at work, basically, um, which was not a sustainable system. That was all in pursuit of not getting yelled at. So I had to like break my fingers to, to try to get all that stuff done. Um, but anyway, you feel like out of that. I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but now I'm curious. I have a real question for you, Eric. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Also, please enjoy my ASMR couch noises because yeah, my back hurts so bad and I keep having to move around. Um, uh, do you think that out of that unsustainable system came a functional system because you taught yourself that system out of necessity? Yeah, I think it was sort of an extreme. Um, when when Patrick Lawler was on, we talked about the concept of bracketing the target, which is kind of morbid, but like if you're shooting a mortar at a target, you shoot a little too far, then a little not far enough, and then a little less too far, and then a little less not far enough. So you're shooting either side of it until you eventually hit the target. And so that whole experience was an exercise in too far. Like what if I have to organize every 30 second time interval? What if I have to, if I can't do anything without meticulously planning it? Um, and one, I realized that my brain is built in a way that is not conducive to that, <laughs> um, yeah. which was useful to know just about myself. Um, but it also taught me just technically how to do that. I was aware of what that looked like. Um, and that has helped me in every aspect of my life. Like, for example, editing this podcast, um, the first time I did it, it took me a certain amount of time. And now that I'm doing it, I have developed processes and specific techniques because of my kitchen experience that allow me to have my mise en place, Katie, and do things it's, faster. I, I just am really, really, really interested in how like 15 and a half hours we're just casually calling a certain amount of time. <laughs> well, I didn't want to drop the I embarrassing amount of time. It was a long time, Katie. No, I mean, really but I think time. it's important that people hear that though, too, because it's like, like kind of, to, I hate saying to piggyback off of what you said, but like to piggyback off of what you said. Like, I think one of the things about sustainable systems is like they become sustainable over time. And as you streamline and strategize and reevaluate the parts that aren't working, like some of the systems that I have in my life are really, really sustainable systems. But they're ones that I've been like, well, what if instead of putting my hairbrush here, I put it here and I save a minute, you know, and then the next time I save, you know, 20 seconds or whatever. And so they become far more streamlined and far more practical and and like a real world example is editing the podcast like we have gotten so much faster and better at editing this because like we understand what it what we need to make this sustainable um because like i mean we've we both know like we've stayed up until three o'clock four o'clock in the morning editing the podcast for the next day and that's not sustainable right but that's like the system that we have been working in because like that's the system that we built and so finding ways to make it more sustainable and 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 not taking 17 hours to to edit is i think it makes it so much healthier but you can apply that to any system is you can streamline it and you can and you can make it more practical and more efficient it's you don't have to scrap the whole thing you just have to find those moments of of improvement yeah i think we learn I think we learn different techniques in different areas of our lives. Like all, all experience everywhere is applicable. You can learn different things and systems from everywhere else and apply those to the systems you have. And I think 
for a person with ADHD who has a strange relationship with time, I think the idea of sustainability is, is intrinsically connected to the idea of time and duration. To, in order to figure out whether or not something is sustainable, it has to persist for a certain amount of time. And I know I, and perhaps you, Katie, I, I have the, the hinkering that you do. I always want to create the perfect system on the first try. And Same. I probably never have. <laughs> I just have to, 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 to change it, you know, over time, which is frustrating. Um, but I think it's important to just start a process and just see what, how it works and how it doesn't work. Like you have to have some body of data. So I also want to talk about like, what, what is a system that we're talking about here? Like, what are we referencing? Are I was we referencing, just going to ask you that. <laughs> are we referencing like, I, I keep thinking of like your morning routine, like my current system for my morning routine was one, not a morning routine. I rarely get up in the actual morning. I do, I do on podcast days, but on, on kitchen days, I, I generally don't. But I get up, I know if I get up an hour before I have to leave for the bus, that gives me enough time to wake up, to shower, to brush my teeth in the shower, to get dressed, to like check my TikTok, check my Patreon, and make sure all those things are like all right for the day and leave for the bus. And it leaves me no extra time. Like I have exactly enough time to do that. Um, and it's not sustainable in that if something happens, then I'm a little screwed. But I'm operating in an ADHD body that won't do something unless it's urgent. And so I have to create that urgency for myself in order to get it done. So I think that's like, that's an example of a system where I'm not sure if it's like the good kind of system or the kind of system that works, but is perhaps unhealthy. Like I would love to be the kind of person who wakes up five hours before I leave for work. And I have all this time to like do a bunch of stuff and clean and go shopping and, and then go to work. But as of now, if I have to wake up with exactly as much time as I need to leave, like to do the stuff I need to do before I leave for work or else I'll dilly dally and end up screwed. Um, yeah. I mean, I do the same thing. Like, like it's like, it's weird because like my morning routine has changed so much because instead of having to like drive to work, I walk into my kitchen. Um, but like <laughs> at the, like, I mean, at the Renaissance festival, people used to give me shit all the time because I live re like we, when we moved here, we moved super close to the festival because like that was the sure job that I had. And so like we, we moved here like, so, so we're so close. So it's less than a 10 minute drive to the festival, which is great. But that meant Eric, what that meant was that if I had to be at work at nine o'clock, I wouldn't get out of bed until 840. Like oh, yeah. I have my morning routine down to such a science that I can be awake, dressed, out of bed and out of the house in less than seven minutes in my car and at the festival by like 901 to 903, depending on the traffic light. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so like I do the same thing, but then like I would fuck myself if like, oh shit, I forgot that I needed to run to the post office. Oh, like gas. I for like I would yeah. constantly be late to work because I forgot that I needed to get gas because it was such a short commute that I it wouldn't even like occur to me that I needed to put gas in my car because I'm dumb. And then, you know, and so then I'd be like, oh, no, I'm out of gas and I have to go to work and now I'm going to be late. And like, thankfully, like it was a flexible enough job where like nobody cared. You know, it was just like you just went in and you did your work anyway, because we were all staying until 8 p.m. at night anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so like that is always how I've approached things like morning systems. Yeah. Is 
the the peak maximum efficiency like i and i'm going to say this and i and i and i truly mean this with no judgment or no like pettiness but but i have never understood people who take 2 hours to get ready in the morning like that as a concept fascinates me and baffles me and i'm so interested in it because because like but like you know it's a thing and like and like i like i love watching makeup tutorials on youtube because makeup is something like i don't wear makeup like ever and if i do it's maybe lipstick and like i half ass some eyeliner like i don't do makeup and so watching people spend two hours to put on makeup to go out in the world when it takes me quantifiably i have timed it on a stopwatch seven minutes like there is such a disconnect there but like that's a system that works for them and like they feel good about themselves and they're going out in the world like feeling their best and looking their best and that's awesome and that makes me so happy but then also like i look at it and i'm just like i don't i don't know like i put on a shirt today i i win yay <laughs> well so for one i want to amend my system of getting ready for work real quick <laughs> the system that I described of getting up, showering, checking, TikTok, and that is the ideal version of the system. And I have, I know in my head when I'm waking up that if I wake up one hour before I have to leave for the bus, I can do all those things. So that's the shower, the Patreon, the TikTok, the brushing of the teeth, all right. that. Then every morning I do this thing. I bargain for time, Katie. I bargain to stay in bed for a little longer. So I think, oh, hmm, if I don't shower, I can sleep for another 25 minutes. So then my 35 minute getting ready for bed plan is wake up, quickly check TikTok, like brush my teeth, maybe eat something real quick. And then if my, the one that happens most frequently is probably like the seven to 10 minute one where like I wake up, I have, I have what I call my oh shit alarm. And that's yep, the alarm same. that goes off where it's like. Okay, Eric, like you absolutely, there is no way you absolutely need to get up right the fuck now. So I have like multiple alarms basically like, oh, if you get up now, you can do all this stuff. And I go, nope. And then another alarm goes off and goes, if you get up now, you can do some stuff. Nope. And then the last one is like, Eric, please get out of bed. And I think a lot of it, but, but the thing is, is they all work and so far they have been sustainable. And so I think I would like to not be so, to not be ashamed of that, to just be like, hey, that's my system. It works. Like I show up with, I show up to work like with cold in my eyes and my eyes are all wrinkly still. And I always feel like ashamed, but it's like, Hey, you know what? I showed up to work and I did, I, I, the system works. I did it. Get at me, dog. My bargaining for time. I love that you say that because it's, it's, it's I Steve Martin's term, my, by the way. That's not my term. I, I built my time bargaining into my morning routine. To the point where it very nearly ruined my marriage. This is a true story. Oh my gosh. Because I like for like first off, like oh, we need to do a whole nother episode on on sleep and ADHD because like I Oh yeah. Sometimes my entire like I'm having one of those moments where like my entire body is filling with rage about all the things that I didn't know about ADHD growing up. Like and I'm just angry about it. But one of the big things is how hard restful sleep is for people with ADHD. And like, I cannot stress enough how I am always tired. Like there has never been a day in my life where I wake up and I'm like, good morning. Yeah. Oh, look, a cartoon bird. Like, I, I don't know what I'm like when on a, on, on a I, like fully rested. I have no I idea. I don't know. I've, I've never had that. Like I've literally never had that experience. 
and it fascinates me. Like, it's just fascinating. Anyway, but so I like waking up is so hard for me. Like it is, it is physically exhausting to wake up, which is a very weird experience if you've not experienced it. But so I know that. And so what I like, if I had to be out of, out of bed at 840 to get to work on time, I have an alarm set for 740 and, and 8 and 810 and 815 and 820 and 830. And like nine times out of 10, I would sleep through the first three. And finally, like, and we like, finally, Chris had to look at me and be like, I need you to get out of bed when your alarm goes off because your alarm wakes me up and I can't deal with it anymore because like my alarm would be going off and I would just be sleeping through it. So he would be laying there listening to fucking Tom Jones singing fucking we can work it out because that's a great fucking banger to wake up to. And, and would just be like resentful because Chris gets up like Chris, like he falls asleep clock of midnight stroke of midnight. Chris falls asleep and he like, ah, good morning. A little cartoon bird f- flies and fucking kisses him on the head at 7 a.m. And that's how Chris gets that's up. That's me, the morning actually. And that's I'm the bird. But I need at least five or six alarms to be cognizant enough to realize that my alarm is going off. And so that time bargaining became part of my routine of like, I'm going to ignore these nine alarms until the last three when my oh shit alarm goes off. Which, by the way, is Jean-Luc right. Picard saying, red alert, all hands to battle stations. Because I'm cool. That's cool. Um, That's really cool, Katie. But so because of that, I had to rebuild my system. Like, after Chris came to me, and, and it's a very valid request. Like, hey, your fucking alarms are ruining my life. I had to restructure. And so, like, I have three alarms now. I've got, you know, like, I've got, like, the, the 9, the 9.15, and the 9.30. But then I like so then but I had to retrain myself like you don't get five alarms anymore. You don't get seven alarms anymore. Now you only have three. You've got three chances. And like this morning, I slept through all three dead ass. Like I woke up in a panic because my alarm didn't go off. And I was like, oh, no, my alarm didn't go off. And then I checked the time and it was like fucking 1045. And I was like, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like I felt so cool. You go, you go. Uh, I felt, I felt so cool when you said that you were going to call me at nine o'clock my time so that we could be ready to record. And like, I got up and, but like, I woke up before my alarm went off, which is a strange thing. Cause then it's like, oh gosh, do I go back to sleep or do I, oh, I don't know. And then I texted you and I was like, I'm getting in the shower. I'll call you when I'm out. Like. I felt so cool. Like I beat you to the, to the deadline. Like, Oh, I know you thought you were going to like wake me up when you called me, but like I was, time I'm not zones, lie man. To you. Time I was zones. genuinely really proud of you. Like I was, hey, I thanks. was like, I was Oh, too. I'm like, that's really awesome. Eric. like, good job. Like I, like I was proud of your accomplishment and I feel like that's why we're friends. Yeah. I showered, brushed my teeth and ate breakfast today. It was a late breakfast. I definitely pushed it pretty far. I was like starving by the time I ate, but I made uh, eggs and eggs and, and sausage that you bought me a, on uh, a good, Instacart. Good avocado. It was a good avocado. With an avocado uh, with some smoked paprika on top, by the way. If you're not, if you're not salting your, your avocado and perhaps seasoning it, you're missing out. Tomatoes too. I just smoosh them up and I spread PSA. them on toast because I'm a millennial and I'm like, mm, yeah, avocado toast. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so, but the thing about, sorry, <laughs> circling all the way back to what the fuck we were actually talking about. Um, 
one of the things that I think people tend to overlook, like I am always very cognizant of speaking for the group, but like one of the things that I think people don't realize is that so much of what we do is a system. Like systems don't have to be these mm-hmm. like heavily constructed, like well thought out things. It's as simple as like, do you keep a pen next to your phone, you know, or do you keep a piece of paper next to your right. nightstand? Like that's a system. That's a system for helping you remember, you know, when you come in the house, do you put your keys someplace specific? That's a system. Do you put your mail someplace specific? Like all of those things like are small, little tiny systems. They don't have to be fancy. They don't have, you don't have to like, sit down and say, you know, like what well, I'm going to walk myself through the process of getting my mail. But on the other hand, if you need to do that, that is totally okay. You know? Yeah. And I think it's worth pointing out that everything is, is a system. Everything is a system. It's all oh, art. Like, no. Everything's <laughs> just a system, man. It's, it's all just, just entropy, all man. Systems, it's all entropy. <laughs> but like, so for example, uh, if getting out of bed at the very last second, such that you can still get to work, but you get to work, that's a system. That is a system. Like it, it is. It, it's a thing that causes it to happen. Or like, you know, when I was a student, I would start essays like the day before they were due and it was miserable. I'd stay up all night writing the essays. It was, it was terrible, but it was a system. It's a it system, worked. but and it's so I, not a sustainable system. But it was... It was not a sustainable system. And so I think it's worth thinking not in terms of do I have a system or do I not have a system? You do. If you're a person who is alive, (laughs) you have some system for like eating and drinking and and drinking water and not dying. Like you have system by nature of being alive. So rather than thinking of it as like, I don't have a system for that. I have to make one. Try to figure out what your system already is. And we go from there. So rather than creating one from scratch, you're just tweaking the ones that you already have. So, for example, making breakfast, I usually don't eat breakfast until I'm so hungry that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to eat before I do anything else today or else I'm going to like pass out, Um, which is not ideal. But then I can think, oh, okay, that usually ends up being around, say, 11 o'clock. And so rather than pushing it so far, what if I just make it a little bit before that? before like the absolute last second. So that's way easier to me than thinking I'll build a system from scratch, which involves me waking up at eight 30 and then like drinking coffee and doing 10 pushups. Cause I tend to try to make like this perfect immaculate system when I start from scratch and it's sort of intimidating. And then I have to, I get mad at myself when I don't yeah. do that. And so I think recognizing what your system actually is, whether it's a sustainable one or, or not, just recognizing what that is and, and sort of trying to sculpt that into something that works rather than like thinking, you know, building some castle in the sky of what your ideal system would be. Like, I put my hairbrush in the shower. That was that nice. was like like that changed my life because like, you know, I started doing like curly girl method and they're always like, don't brush your hair unless it's wet. And so then I would always forget to brush my hair anyway. And then I was like, oh, but if I put my brush in the shower, then I'll I'll be thinking about it and then I'll do it. And like that's that wasn't like a castle in the sky. That was just a what if I moved it a foot and a half over from where I had been keeping it. But it (laughs) dramatically improved my quality of life. Like it dramatically improved like my ability to care for myself and stuff like that small or like I used to keep my toothpaste in the drawer but now I don't anymore. I keep it next to the cup where I keep my toothbrush. 
because I would like always be like, oh no, I can't find my toothpaste. And then I wouldn't brush my teeth. But now I'm like, I'm just looking at it. Like it's, it's that it, it can be that simple, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I keep my uh, toothbrush and toothpaste in the shower, which, which by the way, a lot of people think it's like more efficient because you're doing two things at once, but you're really not. You're just brushing your teeth in the yeah. shower. Like, I guess if you had to like let your conditioner sit for a little while and you did it while that was happening, I guess that would be more efficient. But the reason I do it is just to just consolidate tasks so I don't forget. So it's like I just get in the shower and then run sequence and then get out of the shower. And that now includes brushing my teeth. So it's little things. It's little tweaks to the things that you already do. And I think forgiving yourself for not being whatever you think perfect is, I think is essential towards becoming or developing healthier systems and more sustainable systems. I think you're right. And I think the most important thing is that like I get questions all the time and I'm sure you do too. But like one of the questions that I get asked all the time is I keep my ex, my ex, my blank, my whatever. I keep that here. And then it's always followed up by, is that weird? Or like, I do this thing. Oh yeah. Is that weird? And like, my answer is always the same. And I'm like, if it works for you, then it's not weird. I'm like, maybe it's weird. But like, I, I'm not like, <laughs> that's the thing. And like, and I feel like there's such like this, this perception that our systems have to be perfect for everybody else. And we have to yeah. fit ourselves into these systems where it's completely the opposite. It's like, nobody gives a shit where you keep your toothbrush. Nobody gives a shit where you keep your, your hairbrush. But if it works for you, maybe it is weird. Maybe it's super weird that I keep my hairbrush in, in the shower, but I don't care because it's a system that works for me. And like having the patience to like forgive myself when I forget to brush my hair, having the patience to forgive myself for the years of like neglecting self-care because I didn't have those systems. Like, I really think that is the first step in creating sustainable systems is letting go of all of the rest of it, letting go of the, is it weird? Letting go of the, what are people going to think? Letting go of the shame and whatever, and just saying this works for me. And that's okay. Here, 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 here. I'm, I'm picturing my, my mom would always um, exercise while the microwave was on. <laughs> and that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned next week for our spicy, spicy kink episode. And of course, if you like the show, please, please consider sharing us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Again, our Patreon is patreon.com slash infinite quest. But if you're not strapped for cash, like I'm not, if you could just leave a rate, maybe a review on whatever podcast venue you're listening to, that would be super helpful and awesome. Also, we've been having trouble with Google Podcasts lately. Apparently, it's very quiet on that platform. So if you're listening on Google Podcasts, consider switching to Spotify or something. We're looking into it, I promise. Special shout out to our newest patrons, Jen and Christopher. Welcome to the team. Anyways, we'll see you next week with some stuff. Au revoir. Also, we're not going to be shitposting on Tuesdays for fun.